Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, bit to get 30, bit to get 20, 20, 20, bit to get 20, 20, bit to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome to the Buker and Friends podcast, co-starring 10-year NFL veteran and Super Bowl champion, Will Blackman. And from the end zone, he throws, and it's a flash away, and it's picked off by Will Blackman, the former giant. Tim Dwight watches it hit, bounces, picks it up at the 10, slips a defender, ball the football, it's up for grabs, it's covered in the end zone by Will Blackman for a Green Bay touchdown! And now, here is your host. Let's send it over to Rick Buecher. Rick Buecher. Believe it or not, welcome to an edition of Buecher and Blackman. Yes! Yes! <laughs> Subsidiary of Buecher and Friends. Cheers, mates. Part of the United Weedcast Network. I'm Rick Buecher. You can see me on FS1. Read me on Bleach Report. And hear me on radio.com and follow me on twitter at rick buker and on instagram at rick underscore buker he's will blackman you can see him on sky sports you can follow him on twitter at will blackman and how much longer for this uh this this english uh this england sojourn for you when another week i got another week okay cool cool i'm back on u.s soil are you have you acclimated uh, I like to say that I just um, I was at a, a lunch today at Fortnum and Masons, and um, I don't know what that means. What is that? It's it's a uh, it's a it's a real popular uh, place here. It's like a big. Like, it's hard to explain in London. They, they, they just they, yeah, they sell goods, and it's a big popular. Uh, de- not I don't want to call it department store because it's it's fancier than that. Yeah. Basically, I was in the room where Winston Churchill had his 71st birthday party. Wow. And I had dinner there, and I got invited by the CEO Ewan Bettners, and to the right of me, CEO of Sky Sports, CEO of Fortner Masons. Ah, okay. Yes. Um, you got the hook. Ewan Bettners. Well, yeah, because I'm. Next to me, I'm sitting next to Rachel Johnson, who is the sister of Boris Johnson. <laughs> Whoa! <minister>. Whoa! <laughs> minister, yes. Is she as wacky as her brother? <laughs> she's, very, she's very nice. She's very entertaining. So she is. I'm going to take that as a yes. <laughs> she's, she has a lot of energy. The entire Johnson family. Wackadoodles. Because <laughs> he's a wackadoodle. Listen, that's, that's I can, I'm speaking very positive. I'm of course you are, because you're still in England as we record this. So as well, you should. Uh, as I, I joked at the top, 
Uh, it feels as if it's been a couple weeks since we've done a podcast, and that's because it has been a couple weeks since we've done a podcast. And you've acclimated to England. I have not acclimated to you being in England because I screwed up the time even today to record this, thinking it was a seven-hour time difference, and it's actually eight. So you'd think I'd know that by now. Um, not sure how I screwed that screwed that up, but that's good. nonetheless, that's good. we're by the way, Fortner Masons is an it's an upmarket department store. Upmarket, okay. Yeah, so it's a it is department, but it's but it's not like a it's not like say an Italy or the it's you know they're part department store, part restaurant, food yeah. oriented yeah. places. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. it is like that. Yeah. Have you ever been to an Italy? I haven't. It's E A T A L Y. We're doing a free free promo here for them. Uh my one of my business partners when we go to Chicago, we have to he it's now we have to eat there. Actually, we found another place. We found a, an Asian fusion place that he likes better, so I think we may come off of it. But prior to this, anytime there was an Italy in wherever, but particularly in Chicago, we would always end up there. It's very good. Um, but it's more but this is more of a department store. They, it's more of selling goods. Like they have everything from it's almost like if you take Italy and Nordstroms okay. and Sears and you they sell everything. Like you can buy a hamper, you could buy Christmas lights, you could buy okay. wine, whatever. Got it. By so the way, it was, it's it's Nordstrom. It's not plural. It's Nordstrom. Listen, I don't care that bothers what me. I know it does, and just let it go. <laughs> okay. Like now say, that I've said it, I'm going to let it like go. It's, when people go, oh, ATM, do you call it ATM or ATM machine? No, I call it an ATM. No, you do not. You call it an ATM machine. <laughs> no, I call it an ATM. Say ATM machine. No, what? What? I'm going to call do you it. Correct, do you correct people when they say an ATM automatic machine? teller machine machine? Exactly. Do you correct people when they say that? No. No, I do not. That doesn't bother me. I'll let it go. Because if they're going to the ATM machine, they're probably going to get me some money. So I'm not going to complain about that. And there is more than one Nordstrom. Nordstrom's. <laughs> I knew you were going to come back with some explanation as to why it was rational that you would say plural. All right. Enough of that. I asked you before we came on very quickly, just wanted to ask you best team in football is, and you said without hesitation. Yeah. New England. Right. Is there any other consideration who, with, with that in mind, who do you think is the second best team? Um, San Fran. Okay. So you think that they're, you believe that the 49ers are for real. Yeah, if you haven't lost yet right now, you're you're one of the best teams. I get that they haven't lost yet. And actually, when I look at their schedule, eh. Listen, you only beat who's in front of you. Yeah, Patriots, I, no, 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 I get Patriots that. I get down, that. But They beat down some, some not-so-good teams too, but still. I mean, they, they play the Buccaneers, the Bengals, the Steelers, the Browns, and the Rams. And they choke the life out of the Rams, but the Rams aren't the Rams. As of right now, I suppose my question to you is, do you see this coming around? Coming around like. Like the Rams in, getting getting anywhere close to what they were last year. Um. Well, right now, they're not healthy in a lot of spots. 
And I know, but I don't know if they're going to get healthy. I mean, they lost some pieces. They lost some offensive line pieces that aren't I'm coming trying, back, listen, right? I'm trying to answer your question, sir. Okay. I'll- I'm not saying I'm not saying they were. I'm just right here giving some dialogue and, and being detailed as opposed to being vague. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, I will say it will be very, very difficult because in that in that in that uh division alone you got the rams and the seahawks that are that are playing inspired football and wait a minute we're talking about the rams rams aren't playing inspired the the 49ers and the seahawks are playing inspired football Uh, yes i meant seahawks and 49ers are playing inspired football so right now in that division is tough sitting at three and three and also you're right now arizona they're two three and one but but they're playing inspired football too they won two in a row you know they're, they're trying they're kind of figuring things out so hmm. it's going to be hard for the rams to come out of the west if if they don't you know get things going uh they paid jared goff a lot of money right and he's not having a very good year now i will often say like one of the reasons i think russell wilson has been so great is because chris carson has been really great like they have a running game now and any quarterback who doesn't have a running game, it's very difficult for them to operate. That those those are the 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 greats of the greats that can still function without a solid running game. But a but a, a solid running game to me tilts the scales for you. And Jared Goff doesn't have that. Now, I've always kind of haven't bought all the way in on Jared Goff. I yeah. wouldn't have been so quick to pay him that kind of money. But I don't, you know, people are killing him. They're, they're, it's, it's over here. It is, what a mistake. You should have, you know, you saw his first year, et cetera, et cetera. I think he's still a good quarterback. He may not be worth the money, but he's not as, he's, he's not as bad as people are making him out to be. Is that fair? Well, well I mean, I get, I get what they're trying to say because it's like when he, when he looks good, he looks great. When he looks bad, he looks terrible. Hmm. He look. He looks real. That's what I'm saying. Like, there's no happy medium. Like, no. okay, he struggled. He struggled this game. He only threw for like 290. It's like, no, he threw for like 70 yards, if yeah. that. You know, it's it's when it's that bad. But I think, you know, for him, you know, the he he got paid because that was the going rate for a quarterback. And when you're in a situation where at one point you are in the MVP conversation, you do take your team all the way through the playoffs to the Super Bowl. And and you're and you're part of the piece why they got there, you know. So, I think he he definitely earned it. Um, do I have him as one of the best? No, but he's he's very capable uh, to make those plays, and he definitely earned that. So, of the teams in the uh, in the AFC, because mentioned the Forty ers and uh, I've been I've been impressed with Green Bay Green Bay at five and one. Uh, the defense to me has been. Right. Legit. Uh, I mean, they're winning. They're winning without you know huge performances from uh, Aaron Rodgers, and I think that that's a positive. Uh, but looking at the AFC and now with the questions about Patrick Mahomes, are the are the Ravens or the Texans or is there another team you look at? Are either one of those teams capable of uh, taking down the Patriots? At, at some point, like, um, it's possible because, um, you know, Buffalo kind of put together, um, 
kind of a blueprint of how to attack New England. Um, but that defense is playing so well, and they're playing so they're so opportunistic. Um, what's going on for New England? So uh, right now they're they're being led by their defense, and I just feel like the adjustment's going to come soon. Where okay, Nikhil Harry's coming back; he's going to get healthy. Um, guys, guys are going to start hopefully start getting healthy soon, and then the offense will probably catch up. You know, and then you know here we go again. Hmm. Yeah. Are are what's your take on Tom Brady and where he is right now? Um I think he's just he's just enjoying he's just enjoying football right now. You know, and, and that's as you see every time he wins he puts out those 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 right. videos. I guess and I I think that's just Yeah. How good do you think he is right now? Well, I think he's um it's weird. I think I saw the other day. I think he's he's six in passing. Yeah, which I didn't know that. What does that surprise you that it's that high? Yeah, because the, these haven't been. Uh, once again, though, he's averaging two ninety, and right. people are like, "Oh man, you know, no, no, he's falling off." Brady. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean. It's true. Um, but he's he's still only thrown thrown what, three picks. Um, he's completing like sixty five percent. And he's he just he's playing good he's playing really good football um for an NFL quarterback. Now obviously I know people help hold Brady to a higher standard, but um yeah. It's funny. How different is it? I, I've been meaning to ask you this. How different is it talking about football over in England? Um it's not you know what though, it's not different at all. It's it's funny. It's well, it's not funny. Actually it is funny. Because I had a I got into an argument with my um with my co-host, my colleague uh, Neil Reynolds, who's who's fantastic out here. He's Neil Reynolds. He works for NFL UK. He's the lead analyst for NFL Sky, and he works his tail off. And we had a discussion, an argument because of how to explain football. Like I dumb it down in the states, and I was like, "Yeah, I'm gonna dumb it down here too, just to be real detailed about something." Hmm. And he was like, "Well, you don't need to dumb it down here because the UK fans know football." I was like, I know, but it's just like, but he says. Oh, you said I not, know? You didn't say, come on now. No, he, he said if not, I said, yeah, they know football, but like, you know, in America, he goes, if not, they know they know just as much as Americans about American football. And that's why I disagree. Yeah. Yeah, I, I disagree. And I, I get it, though, because it's it's a it's a foreign sport, so I know they work really hard to understand it, but I'm just like, it's, but it's not, though. You yeah. Know? And it's just, I that's it's our sport. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, so so it's, it's just... not it's not hard at all because the the fans, the football fans here in the UK, mm-hmm. if they're American football fans, they're fully invested. So it's it's really, really cool, especially when I have interactions with some of the UK fans on Twitter. They ask me like legit like questions where I have to think and answer them. So then why do you think that the British uh, NFL fans or football fans are not? on par with American fans. What here's my thing. I wouldn't say on par. I'm not sitting here. I'm not trying to think like put them down or not superior. I just meant like that's that's our that's our historic game. That's 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 our sport. You know right. what I'm saying? So I just look back in terms of from from the people I talk to, like the conversations I had in the States in terms of how much they know versus out here how much they know. 
No, I'm not saying they don't know anything. It's just the <laughs> just the details of the game are different. And they don't know those details. No. Okay. Do you think what, what do you think that's a byproduct of? I mean, you say it's our game, but why do you why like, if they're studying the game, if you think they're knowledgeable, what's what are they not getting that an American football fan gets that the British fan simply doesn't have access to? Because it's it's day to day football on all levels. Like it's not just NFL. Yeah, and that's what like, they see. Yeah, they they see NFL, but for us, for us, it's just it's development all the way from the youth, like all the way up, and it's that's just how it is for yeah. us. That's interesting. You know? Yeah, because I was gonna I was gonna try to equate it with soccer in this country, but there's plenty of exposure to soccer at lower lower levels. It's also not as complex a game. I I learned that actually going from coaching soccer to coaching basketball. I'd always played basketball. I obviously covered basketball a long time. But coaching basketball, you real especially to kids, you realize how complicated the game is compared to soccer. Like soccer can get you can get deep into strategy and technique, but just to put somebody out there to function and to be able to play, you can you can kind of the game itself and the rules are fairly simple to understand for a kid. Basketball is difficult. And I would imagine football, I never played it as a kid. I would imagine football could be really difficult to get kids to understand like all the, just the rules, just the basic rules in order to be able to play. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I get that. But also, too, just especially when it comes to real detailed tactic, tactics, not basic like this is a cover two. Right. This is a seven star drop. This is a five star. No, there's there's so many like it's just the details, you know, hmm. because once again, it's um, it's almost like you're studying the sport for a long time. So right. well, I, I also wonder it, it, it was it wasn't a thing. Once again, I'm not trying to make this like, oh, like they don't know. anything. No, not at all. Like I wouldn't be here. And I think everyone out here is totally. Uh, not and it's fun it's really really cool you yeah. know and then to go to the games like they're sold out because people love it and and that's it's different i just you know once again sure you can look at it as an opinion but that's just how i feel didn't you go didn't you go play some flag football yeah i played with the uh wembley stallions and I, how did that how did that go who are the wembley stallions for our listeners who so may not be following yeah, flag football in yeah, there's a uh, it's called it's BAFA. It's a, a British football league out here, and the Wembley Stallions. They're one of the, I guess, like a semi-pro football team. Okay. And I linked I linked up with the coach and wanted to either work out or do like a master class. Um, it's the British American Football League, um, or association. Baffa. And Baffa. Oh, Baffa. Well, then it's gotta yeah. be. The British, but they um, but they call it the league though. But it's Br- it's British American Football Association, but they yeah. call it the British American Football League. So, okay. All right. um, confusing. No, it's not confusing. That's the Brits, the Brits often do this, even the way they spell certain words. It's confusing the way they pronounce schedule. That's how they pronounce schedule. Come on, okay. man. Okay. Anyhow. Anyway. Um. Yeah, and it was so I just end up going to the to the site, and I had my 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 cleats with me and I was like, okay, I'll just join the, the set, the flag, the flag game. 
And so I jumped in and I was like, okay, we don't really have a quarterback. So I played quarterback and literally I just went off the script and just made up plays on offense. And, and then we, we went on defense and I just made up plays on defense. <laughs> so it was, you just, it became your thing and they, and they let you. So the, the coach no, like they, just they, had you, no, they, they, the team I want. So I wanted a team that was, that didn't have this one team was, I guess, loaded with talent. So I went to the other team. And I had no idea what the score was or what was going on. And they were like, yeah, you just call it and we'll listen to you. Just call it whatever you want. Wow. So it's funny because um, the game is going on. And I remember we scored like, you know, three in a row. Right. And I'm like, okay, like we're we're getting it, you know. And then the coach is like, oh, it's all right now. It's 28-28. I'm like, how is it 28-28? He said, because you jumped on the team that was losing. Like we just continued to keep playing the game. Oh, I was like, oh, okay. Got so, it. yeah, Got we it. end up, I think we were down 28-7 and end up winning 46-34. <laughs> nice, nice. All right, so I asked you about the best team in football. And uh, first of all, did you answer the question? The team most capable of knocking off the Patriots in the AFC is? Who'd the team? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. We got... Texans. You mean knock, knocking them off or actually beating them? <laughs> That's what I mean by knocking them off. I think when they come around and play Buffalo again, that's going to be an interesting matchup. Hmm. Okay. Okay. Um, that would be an interesting matchup. Because actually, well, you know what? Gosh, they, they do play, um, they play Baltimore. Yep. They got an interesting schedule coming up. Now that I look at it, good luck. Yeah, they play the Jets, who got Sam back. Cleveland, who knows they didn't get their act together. Baltimore, Philly, Cowboys, Texans, Chiefs. By the time they play the Chiefs again, Mahomes should be healthy. Ooh. So when I you you quickly answered when I asked you about best team in football. Uh, when I asked you best quarterback, you said you said Russell. Yeah, it took you a minute. It took you a beat. Yeah, because I I like Deshaun Watson. I like what he's doing right now, but I also like Russell. So I just want to throw a couple of the other guys out there. You Russell's first, Deshaun Watson's second. You've you've already you've trash canned Tom Brady. I didn't trash can. Where's Aaron Rodgers? Never said that. Carson Wentz. I mean, there's there's a number of guys that Patrick Mahomes. Like all things being equal. What is it to push Actually, Russell? Actually, Matt Ryan's playing some good ball too, but they're just not winning. Also fair. So with all that, uh, I mean, I don't know that you would say Lamar Jackson, although they're winning. Um, let's just stay there. What puts Russell Wilson above everybody else in your mind? Because we were actually, I think we were talking about this before. Before we came on, that you know, my feeling is is that having a running game, having a, an established running game, how your running back is doing can have such a huge influence on the quarterback. Not to say that the quarterback's not good in and of itself or having a good season, but you look at the effect that Zeke uh, Zeke had on Dak and uh, the effect, as I see it, that Chris Carson is having on. No, Chris Russell. Carson is phenomenal. He's I think he's fifth right now in rushing. Yeah. Um, he, he's definitely a, a huge, a huge help. 
Um, and and but, you're not going to run unless you if you don't have an offensive line. I see. That's what I always feel like. We always give the quarterback too much credit. And we give him too much blame. It's it's there's so well, much. They, they, well, they they always have the football. I know they always have the football, but you need time to do something with that football, and you need to have a, enough of a an option of running it that. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. It's not obvious that you're going to be throwing it every time. Yeah, but the, but at the same time, though, as the quarterback, you're able to know your strengths and weaknesses as a team, and you have the option to adjust things to also – like Tom Brady, does the, he does the best job in terms of protecting himself. Right. He lost two linemen this year, and they're able to plug guys in and still get them in the right position to right. you know protect them as best as they could. Right. Um, and I think Russell just has – he has such command um, of, this, of this team and – uh, like what he's doing right now. I mean, he has he has 14 TDs and no picks. That is you pretty know. impressive. Yeah, he he has a, a I think he has the highest um, average per pass at nine. He's tied with Mahomes at nine, and he he's completing 72 percent right now of his passes. This is where I hate to say it, but this is a big part of what we don't take into account when we when we anoint guys is their physical durability. Russell Wilson's physical durability. It's not as if Never he doesn't get hit. He's amazing. Never missed a game. Yeah. Ama- I mean, I, I, I can't remember what year it was. I think it was, I'll look this up. I think it was 2016, uh, September. Russell Wilson got tackled pretty, like, really bad and ended up tearing his MCL. He had a grade two MCL. And. Which grade two? No, I think it was a grade three. And grade three, that is, it's required for surgery. Like you go get surgery for that. Like right. a, even if it's a scope. Yeah, it was still in sixteen September, and never missed a game. Crazy. Never missed a game. Like end up. I mean, he was getting treatment on it nonstop, um, and just continued to to play through it. And and it that that right there is is crazy. You know. Um, but that's that's just how he's built. And then they end up still uh, winning the uh, NFC West. Uh, they won their wild card game, and then they you know they got knocked off by Carolina um, in the divisional round. Right. But that that right there says says everything. So when it comes to we don't we don't we often don't think about that, and I and I bring that up because both Mahomes obviously going down. They're saying it's a best case scenario. He's supposed to miss roughly three weeks, or could miss only uh, three weeks. We've got Zion Williamson. Is doesn't look like he's going to start the season. Maybe out a couple of weeks. Not really clear. It's a knee issue uh, in terms of what's bothering him. And with both of these guys, we've already anointed them. And staying healthy is such a big part of the the picture. With Mahomes in particular, like he was already playing hurt. 
And he was, and he impressed me in that he was able to play. He was had a bad ankle issue, but I also thought as I watched the games, like he's still taking a lot of big hits, and he's not a built guy. Russell Wilson's built much more solid than he is, and so when it came to this, I really wasn't. I mean, obviously got it on a quarterback sneak. People are going to second guess whether you should be doing that with a guy that's already banged up. I'm not going there. I just looked at how durable can he really be because one of the hits that he's already taken and the way that he's built um, and and how he's reacted. I mean, he's Deshaun Watson obviously went down last year, had the ACL. Um Still getting hit, still doing things, but again, seems to me to be built for a little more durability. Do you do you look at Mahomes and say, where where do you look in terms of where an adjustment has to be made? Whether it's their offense, whether it's Mahomes, or whether you're looking at it and saying, hey, look, these were some uh, un- unusual hits. He's not he's he's more durable than he hasn't proved that he's that he's fragile just yet. Um, by the way, that was probably the longest question. I know, and it's, and it's multi <laughs> and it's multi headed too. Like I, it's there's there's like three questions in there. It was probably the worst thing I've ever done uh, in, in terms of a conversation. But Anyhow. I, but I, that just shows my <laughs> confidence and my faith in you that you can sort it out and. And do it. No, and you know I, what? I, yeah, actually, I I'm not going to apologize at, for this because it's been so long since I've talked to you. Well, All you these things. It's, it's like a, it's it's like a for, traffic jam in my head of questions I've been wanting to ask you. But it's not for me. It's for the listeners that are like waiting for us to get to the damn answer That's and you're dragging true. it out. That is true. I, I'm I'm annoying whoever's still listening at this point. Thank you. Yeah. So basically, I think with Mahomes is, you know, I can't even say his style because this the quarterback sneak, that was just something that was just. That was odd. You know, he took a knee. Was, to, right. Took a knee to the side. Of was, the knee. Yeah. But I know you know his style in terms of buying time, and he could throw it from anywhere on the field, um, any kind of you know position he's in. He can crank the football and, and chuck it, you know. And they always compare him to somebody like Favre, who always took big hits because right. of his style too, you know. But again, Favre uh, was built a little sturdy. Favre was yeah. Favre was, Favre was built yeah, more, more, uh, definitely grown. But uh, but that's something that he's gonna. He's gonna have to figure out, you know. He, he's gonna have to make some adjustments, adjustments with his uh, training. I remember when I met Russell his second year when I was in Seattle in training camp. He would always, he's always asking questions. He was always asking me, like, like, what did I do to finally take care of my body and, and not get injured? Because I was injury plagued my first like five, six years in the league. I had so many injuries, a um, couple of injury reserves bunch of surgeries and he asked me like what what did I do to get over that you know like and I I told him all the things that I did in terms of um, the most important thing is you need to take care of your body when you feel good Hmm. Um, meaning don't wait till you're sore don't wait till everything aches and you don't feel good like okay now let me do this is like if if you're feeling fresh okay we'll keep feeling fresh go from go get in a Epsom salt bath go stretch boy that's good advice yeah, keep yeah, stay feeling good, you know. And he, he took it to heart. And I'm not saying I have a part of it, but he just always asked the right questions. Yeah. I knew from an early stage everything mattered to Russell in terms of making sure he got the most out of uh, his football career. The flip side is so you have that first catastrophic injury. What's that like mentally? 
the first time your body lets you down. Yeah, so it's crazy. So when I I got drafted in 2006 in May, I had to go to mini camp and then I had to come back to school for graduation. So during mini camp, it was like I think the last day I, I turned, I was covering Greg Jennings, uh, a colleague of ours, and ended up snapping my right foot in half. Mm. Wait, wait, wait. The, right? Snapping it in half. Like the outside, the fifth metatarsal, snapped okay. that in half. Got it. Right? Got it. And um, yeah, so I had to go, I had to go graduate on crutches. Mm. And I, so I'll never forget that. And I just remember panicking because I was like, man, the first, that's the first thing you want to hear is like, you like you don't want to get hurt. That's the first thing you hear. Don't get hurt. You might get released. You might get cut. You're gonna get replaced. Mm. And like everyone kept reassuring me, like you're good, you're good, you're good. We drafted you. We have a plan. We have a plan for you. I'm like, all right, whatever. So I had surgery. Came back. Um, I got. I had. I dealt with so many things my rookie year, and um, it was just draining. But I knew, like they kept reassuring me that I was here. I had a plan. And so the next year I keep going. And so let me fast forward to 2009. To answer your exact question, I ended up tearing my ACL that year, and I just remember laying on the turf. I'm like, like this is the one you don't want. You hear guys, oh, I, I don't, I stopped playing because I blew my knee out. I blew my knee out. Well, I, I blew my knee out for real. I ACL, MCL, mm. uh, lateral meniscus, partial dislocation. Like I tore my stuff up, and I just remember laying there, like, like one. You know, somebody called my wife and two, like, am I ever going to be the same again? You know, that was my biggest thing. Like, well, I, because my main attribute, you know, everyone, everyone in the NFL is a mutant. They have their own attribute. Yep. What they want to do. Mine was able to change direction. And that's what I could do. I, I, that's why as a, as a bigger defensive back at six one, you know, 208, I can play in the nickel. I was good at turning points. That was my thing. And I was like, well, now I'm going to have to make an adjustment. I'm going to have to go play safety, strong safety in the box. And that was my biggest fear. And I was thankful that I met a bunch of people. I met Gavin McMillan, who was my trainer at Sports Science Lab. And uh, he had these cool training techniques where I got all my confidence back. Because that's the thing. It took me a while to get my – even though I felt good, it took a while to get my confidence back just to move the same. Yeah. And can you tell that you're not moving the same? Because yeah. I – I watch a guy and I can see like there's just that little bit of hesitation or it's not a the explosion is explosion is the same. But I also like and not I'm not comparing myself in any way, but I've had the, I've had injuries where I come back from, and I think I'm running the same or I think I'm moving the same and I'm not. I, I'm And then, you right. know, it's it just I don't know that that like that that little mental trigger, and I don't know whether it's the anticipating of the pain or anticipating that it's going to go out again or what it is, but there is that little shade that's different. It is different because you're aware of it. Even yeah. when I was rehabbing my foot, I remember I was I was running in the facility and I just kept like, you know, hesitating. And I remember uh, Will Henderson um, was our fullback, and he was like, dude. He said, "Come here." He said, "Sometimes, man, you just gotta, you just gotta push through that." Hmm. And then used, you know, he used, you know, swear words. He was like, "You gotta push through it." And I was like, "Bro, this is." Bro. He's like, "You just gotta go. That's the only way. Like, you're gonna get back." So, and, yeah, yeah, you know, you gotta, you have to almost build tolerance for your 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 pain threshold. 
Do you remember? And, do, you, do you remember the time when you did it? Like when you finally felt like you pushed through it, or you turned that corner, or did it happen gradually? It, it happened gradually. It did. You know, hmm. it, it did, and eventually, especially with my foot, I had a, I went and got different shoes, a little wider set, so it wasn't so much uh, pressure on my foot. So I, I did all the things I needed to do um, to, to get that right. And same thing with my knee. It probably took um, probably took about three years because I had a really bad surgery the first time. And so I had to actually redo that surgery again to get it right. And so it took me about almost three years to get that to get my knee right. And um, and it was it's funny because every team I would go to, they want to they wanted me to sign a waiver saying that if anything happens to my knee, yeah. they're not responsible. And yeah. I laugh all the time, especially, you know, towards the end of my career, I, I kept signing. I was like, I'm not doing the waiver anymore. The well, why not? I said, because I have not been on the injury report for my knee in about nine years. Yeah. That's funny. So, cause yeah. the NBA does the same thing. They have body yeah, parts that are not, red flagged. Well, yeah, well, you have a little bit of osteoarthritis. I'm like, half this team got osteoarthritis, bro. <laughs> you know? Good for you. Good for you standing up for yourself. Uh, all right. Was there anything else that we needed to cover? That's my question. Got to the quarterback question. Jalen Ramsey? Jalen Ramsey going to the Rams. Uh, let me ask you that before we before we go. Not only Jalen Ramsey going to the Rams, but the Rams have basically mortgaged their future. I don't. I don't think they have a a first round pick unless they trade for one. Right now, they don't have a first round pick in the cupboard for the next four, like at least four years. Yeah, I'm curious to what this plan is because they because that was the going rate. It was two first round picks for Jalen. That mm-hmm. was the going rate, and I did not think anybody was going to pull the trigger for that. Yeah, and. I know the Rams are going all in because it's like we were just there, right? We were just there, and and they they're going all in. But yeah, to they did trade away everything, and unless cons- they unless they plan to make more moves in the off season, you know, move people around. I don't know, um, but How- but they but they they did, apparently they needed that. You know, I think they obviously clearly weren't happy with, with Marcus Peters in terms of them trading him to Baltimore. Right. Um, they needed more depth, I guess, linebacker-wise. They made a trade with the Browns and got uh, Austin Corbett, the the lineman, because they obviously needed more health, healthy bodies. And he, I think he was a second-round pick for them, if I can remember, um, for the Browns. And so, yeah, they, but that was interesting, man. Well, the schedule sets up fairly well for them. They, they're at the Falcons. They've got the Bengals, Steelers, Bears. Ravens, Cardinals, Seahawks, Cowboys, 49ers, Cardinals. I'm not saying it's an easy schedule by any means, but they've got a couple coming up where they can get back on. They won their first three and then lost their next three. I don't know about you. I'm just not convinced that Jalen Ramsey is enough of a difference maker to change. Like It's not going to change them offensively. And offensively, they've been... Good at times. They, I mean, they, their whole team's just been inconsistent. Defensively, sometimes they, I mean, they gave up fifty-five to to the Buccaneers. Uh, the offense has been good at times, but then they 49ers just shut them down. Uh, Saints shut them down. I, I take that back. They shut the Saints down. I apologize for that. Um, but they, it's, it's. I don't know. I, the problem is. 
for me looking at it and saying, okay, well, this is an obvious weakness. If they fit like the Browns, the Browns fixed their offensive line. I think that would go a long way toward fixing everything else. The Rams, it doesn't feel like it's any one thing. Bringing Jalen Ramsey in for Marcus Peters to me doesn't feel as if now they've solved all of their problems. Well, I think what I feel like with Jalen is probably more, you'll probably get more of discipline player. The thing with Peters is like it's feast or famine. Like he'll either, he might give up a hundred and something yards receiving, but he'll get two picks. Yeah. <laughs> you know? And, um, Sometimes, yeah, those picks will help. And they they help uh, the team for sure. But sometimes those yards can really um, hurt the team as also. But um, I I know Jalen his issue was he didn't really want to play off and zone so much in Jacksonville, and that he wants to be able to play man and travel with a guy. Well, that's what Wade Phillips does. Wade likes playing man yeah. with guys. Yeah, you know he was able to he was able to do that in. Um, in Denver, because he had pass rushers, and they were like, "Hey, we're gonna play man. Ball's gonna come out," you know. So I think that was the thing too, where Jalen's like happy about that. I I want to get on the Packers bandwagon. You didn't say anything about the Packers. I'm wondering whether that's for a purpose or just because they don't come first to mind when we talk about the best teams in the in the in the NFL right now. Um, they are they're. They're definitely up there in terms of one of the best teams. Definitely one of the best, um, one of the most balanced teams, um, because they're they're able to. Obviously, they have Aaron Rodgers. Um, they got two running backs. Aaron Jones it done. looked really good, solid yeah. good running back. Right, right. Jamal Williams, I think the other one is. Yep. Um, I think it's right. And yeah, and, and Aaron's making it happen without his top targets. And then you look at the investments that Brian Gutekunst made in terms of getting the Zadarius Smith and Preston Smith. Preston right now is third um, in the NFL in sacks. And Zadarius is causing havoc. Them two all over the place. And then it, it just helps the back end. So over, overall, just as a complete team, they are phenomenal sitting in 5-1. You know, We can sit here and talk about calls or what have you, but they still did the things they needed to do to win hmm. uh, to put themselves in that position. So Packers are definitely up there in our conversation. I just like the fact. Let's I want like go back to San Fran, right? And the reason why I like them, like you said, best team is I look at the Pittsburgh game. For you to have an offense that turns the ball over five times, yeah, and you you just don't even blink and you still come out victorious. Like like that's what it is right there. They they know everyone. They caught everyone by surprise. Uh, they have fantastic leadership on uh, all over the place, especially Sherman coming back healthy. He's basically like another coach in that room. Uh, well, D Ford and Bosa and and Buckner, like all those dudes, are causing havoc. They got three running backs that can do whatever they want. They able to get that done, and and Jimmy G hasn't even really caught fire yet. No, no, people. Were- Actually, kind of down on him at the beginning of the year, right? Having some questions about, uh, right? Was he was he worth worth the money? There was one other thing I wanted to ask you, uh, and we will go after this. I I'm watching Aaron Jones and Marlon Mack with the Colts, and I see guys taking the Le'Veon Bell approach 
of rather than just hitting the hole as quickly as they can, kind of probing and or kind of slow playing it behind the line and then finding their cut and almost picking their way. Levy and then Le'Veon, I felt, had a unique style when it came to this. Correct me if I'm wrong, if there's other guys that were similar, but uh or 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 were doing that before him. But I feel feel as if he kind of had a new approach. And I see some of these other guys that seem to be adopting that. Are you seeing the same thing? Am I making too much of it or or what? No, he, he definitely um definitely because he had lots of lots of success with, with it and it stood out, he definitely has made it um it's the main staple of his in terms of running style. But that just goes to two things. You look at vision and, and really good feet. And when I look at vision and really good feet, I look at guys like Marshall Falk. Right. He mm-hmm. was the type of guy who was very, very patient and let the block set up. Mm-hmm. Frank Gore was like that. He's still like that. Well, he's very, very that's why he's still able to get you. He's still playing. Mm-hmm. You know, you you can't play that long at running back and not be able to be patient like that. He knows how to his best thing about him. He knows how to get hit. And he knows how to find the little uh, gaps between the, the, the linemen. To, Frank to Gore, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And then I look at uh, Marshawn Lynch. Okay. He's another one. He's yeah. another one, too, that is so patient, had phenomenal feet. All his feet were just unbelievable and, and able to get things like that. Cause you know, I, I name, especially like Marshall and Frank Gore, like they, and even Le'Veon, they're not blazers. Yeah. You know, they're not known, even though they all can take it the distance. They all, they all weren't known for being track guys, but they were able to still be patient, let block set up. Sometimes your linemen aren't going to get there. I hate when guys, get the football and they just run into their own guys. Right. It's like, no, like you got to let the guard pull. You got to entrust the backside is going to hold it down. Let the guy trap, let the guy make his move. And they, trust me, these linebackers are aggressive. So they're going to, it's going to work. Just be a little patient, let it set up. Hmm. So I, I agree. All right. Well, we want to, we wanted to uh, thank our listeners for their patience and waiting for Will to show up again on the podcast. I know I'm very grateful that we were able to get it. Uh, back together so that does it for this episode of Buker and Blackman I just like saying it I like being able to say it again Buker and Blackman subsidiary of Buker and Friends part of the United We Cast Network uh, don't forget please rate uh, and review the show on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts all you gotta do is hit the stars and then if you want us to do something for you uh, screenshot us that review or those stars the number of stars you gave us to at Buker Friends, and you'll be eligible to win some prizes. And the prize that we're giving away is um, we're going to give away a uh, a edition of my book. Since the China thing in the NBA has become such a big deal, and I've referenced the book that I wrote with Yao, A Life in Two Worlds, we're going to give away a brand new copy of that. I'll even autograph it if you if you so wish. Um, probably not going to be able to get Yao to autograph it because he's now a Chinese official president of the Chinese Basketball Association. Although maybe we could effort to do that. We'll see. Bottom line, you will get that. And I would highly recommend to anybody who's curious about everything that's going on with the NBA in China, that will give you a tremendous amount of insight. All right. Uh, for Will, for myself, until the next podcast, Ryan Holland and I will do a quick preview, maybe not so quick, preview of the NBA season. It's just around the corner. Uh, We'll give you our uh, 
our teams. We'll pick our teams going into the season who we think is ultimately going to win it all this year. That's the next podcast. Thanks for listening to us. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.